Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Latter Rain Ministries, where our focus is to share Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you want to know more about us, please check out our website at www.thelatterrain.org or email us at tlrministries at outlook.com. We would love to hear from you. As part of today's message, we're going to continue looking at the book of Proverbs. One of the great benefits that wisdom brings is the knowledge and how to please God. And it's a great benefit because when we please God, we avoid making mistakes and ultimately we avoid sinning. And what makes avoiding sin important is because sin brings along consequences and in varying degrees. We have to keep something very important in mind, that even though God forgives sin, that doesn't mean that His forgiveness will take away the potential natural consequences of our wrong actions. We'll discuss today the differences between sinning and the potential consequences, but also how we could and should just avoid the whole issue. We'll discuss this more a little further ahead. But for now, we'd like to bring your attention to praying for the serious migration problem throughout the world. In a 2017 report compiled by the United Nations, it was estimated that approximately 258 million people are living in a country other than their birth country. And one of the main reasons for people wanting to leave their country is only for economic reasons. The decisions many people are taking do not necessarily center around insecurity or persecution or fear of being killed. Many people just want better things. And in that quest for better things, they risk their lives and the lives of their loved ones, including their children. Just in case, this is not a call for an anti-immigrant movement, but rather to solicit prayer so that people do not make life-threatening decisions based only on economic gains. A better lifestyle or more material possessions should not be the motivation to uproot and expose yourself and your loved ones to potential tragedy. We should pray so that people in general make more sound decisions based on logical grounds, rather than on material things that come and go like the wind. Let's pray together so that people don't let their ambitions run freely and potentially ruin their lives. In the end, the only thing that can fill the void of any human heart is not material possessions, but rather the presence of Almighty God. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, for your grace. Lord, thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through him. Lord, I praise you and I, I pray in the name of Jesus that you please forgive me, O Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, now, Lord God, also for, uh, for the different people that are just doing different things that can cause them a lot more heartache and pain, Lord God, than probably where they're at right now. Help them, O oh Lord, to be able to assign more value to their lives and to the lives of their loved ones than what money or possessions can bring them. Heavenly Father, help them to understand that that those things come and go. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they may just be able to find a way, that, Lord God, that they might be able to listen to you and that they might be able to understand that you are the one that fills the void. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray, Lord God, for so many people that are going through this, through this turmoil in their lives. 
I pray, O oh Lord, that you're, that you may be able to find them through your gospel, through your word, and that they might be able to see the reality that things come and go, but only you remain forever. I pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us to have open minds and open hearts. Help us, O oh Lord, to seek out your wisdom and to receive it, Lord God, and to make it a part of our lives. I give you thanks and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our series on the book of Proverbs, we'll be reading today from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. And this is what it says. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. We need to explain a few things here before getting to the point of understanding exactly what this passage is talking about. The first thing we need to look at, and this may not be easy to accept for many, is that we are not born being children of God. The Bible explains that we only get to be the children of God when we decide for Christ, when we surrender our lives to Him as a result of true faith. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Here's a little more truth that may not be very pleasant. Yet it explains the great need to share the gospel with our loved ones and our friends that have not yet come to have that personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3 explains this to us. And you he made alive speaking of those of us who accepted Christ so we could have everlasting life, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So when people are far away from Christ, they are dead in their trespasses and sins. Under the influence of the prince of the power of the air, and this is Satan because he is the prince of this world, under the influence of the spirit who are working in the sons of disobedience and subject to the lust of their flesh and ultimately children of wrath. The Bible explains in another place that when people have not accepted Christ, that they are ultimately enemies of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies, this was when we were without Christ, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. So the awful truth is that if a person does not belong to God, then they belong to someone else. And so because we were all born in sin, we were all born as enemies of God. And there are only two sides to choose from in this world. There's God's side and there's Satan's side. That's why I cannot again emphasize enough that if we are convinced that Jesus is the answer for our lives and the only way we can belong to God then we need to leave aside any sense of fear and rejection by those we love that do not yet know the Lord because they are in a place that is far away from God. 
They need to know Christ. They need to have the salvation that we have. We need to take advantage of any opportunities we have to speak to them for their own good. So they can come to have the wonderful salvation that Jesus can give to every person that receives him. If we don't share our faith, then this begs the question, are we truly convinced about our faith in Christ? Is it real to us? I remember that they asked Luis Palau, who was a well-known evangelist many years ago, of why he felt such a need to share the gospel with the world. He answered something like this to the person that was interviewing him. He said, I think we can all acknowledge that cancer is probably the most awful disease that mankind has ever experienced, having claimed millions of lives over the years. Let's suppose I discover the cure for cancer and that this cure heals me from my own cancer. Wouldn't the right thing to do is to share this cure with as many people as possible that are sick just like I was? So sharing the gospel should be our main goal. And you don't have to be a minister or a pastor or a Bible teacher or anything like that. All you need to do is to talk to people about what God has done in your own life. And if God was able to change your life, then he can change their life as well. If they just have faith. Just talk about what you know. The Apostle Paul put it like this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So coming back to our anchor passage we read today in Proverbs. These words simply do not apply to the unbeliever, but rather they apply to the believer, to the legitimate children of God, those that have surrendered their lives to the Lord. The book of Hebrews mentions something almost identical and even expands a bit more, where it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So what happens is this. When you become a child of God, you have become exactly that. God becomes our Heavenly Father. And as our Heavenly Father, if you do things that are not good for you, He is going to allow for certain things to happen to you so that you stop doing the wrong that you are doing. He may take preventive measures so that you feel some sort of pain, but not the full pain or consequence of the wrongs that you are doing so that you desist and turn away, just like your parents should have done with you when you were growing up. God does this not with the intention to destroy you or to cause harm, but rather to keep you from going farther into something that will be even more devastating. This is the problem with sin, which is what many people don't understand. God warns against sin because sin is the most destructive thing known to mankind. You see, a nuclear bomb is lethal when detonated, but it only kills your body. It can't touch your soul. But on the other hand, sin may 
or it may not destroy your body, depending on what it is. But it will do away with the most important part of you, your soul. For the Bible also says this in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So, your body can die, but that's not the end for you, if you have given your life over to Christ. But if you haven't, or if you continue down the path of a sinful lifestyle, despite the warnings and discipline from God, your body will one day die. But your soul shall also die on the day of judgment. The Bible is very clear about this issue, for it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. And in the original, it uses the word pharmakia, which means the use of drugs, as it was used for witchcraft and pagan rituals. It continues saying, Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, decessions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in Pine Past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When the Bible talks about someone inheriting, or not inheriting in this case, the only ones that are involved with receiving any kind of inheritance are sons and daughters. So, when God disciplines those that are doing wrong, He's doing it out of love. Because He doesn't want for someone to stray off the path in such a way that something unthinkable could happen. But let's get down to the practical side of wisdom. Wisdom would dictate in this case the following. Why not just avoid the whole issue of discipline and running the risk of straying off the path and so on? Would God have a need to allow for discipline to happen if we are obeying and doing what is right? We will always have challenges in this world because we live in a sinful place. Always remember your true enemy, sin. Sin is your enemy. But if we just believe God and obey what He says, we can at least avoid going through the problems that we bring upon ourselves because of our foolishness. This is why I can never stress enough the need to search the scriptures, to learn God's wisdom through them, because in the scriptures is where we find true life, where we acquire the knowledge and understanding of what is right and wrong through the teaching and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so, I would like to end with a couple of things today. If by any chance you who are listening right now has never made a decision to belong to Christ, or maybe you are unsure where you are exactly. I urge you to make that decision today, right now. Don't leave it for tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow holds for you. If you decide to repent and convert from all of your sins and make Jesus the Lord of your life, you turn from being God's enemy to God's friend and child. It's a wonderful miracle that happens just by believing, by having faith. So if you want to belong to God, pray this prayer with me, believing it with all of your heart and confessing it with your mouth. 
pray like this. Lord God, I come before you because I know that I am a sinner. Please forgive me for all of my sins. I want to repent and turn away from my sins to follow you. Lord God, I believe with all of my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is my God, my Lord, and my Savior. I believe that He died for me on the cross and that He shed His blood to wash away all of my sins. I believe that He was buried, but I also believe that you, God, raised Him from the dead at the third day, and that He is now sitting at your right hand. I believe that by faith in Jesus I can be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and life. Make me a new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray this, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you pray this prayer, believing with all of your heart, by faith, the miracle has happened. You now belong to God, and so you have become a child of God. And now is a closing piece for those of you that have either just come to Christ, and for those that have been following for a while, choose the path of wisdom. Avoid going through any unneeded pain or suffering. Avoid experiencing God's discipline by just learning what God wants you to do and obeying. You don't need to understand to obey. All you need to do is just do as He guides you through His Word and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So to close, I would like to pray for all of you that are listening right now. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, for, for every person that's listening. Lord, I know that there are many people that are listening through different countries everywhere, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may help us to have hunger and thirst for your wisdom, for your will, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to be sensitive to you. Help us, O Lord, to, to look for those things that truly please you, Lord God. Help us to understand that we need to avoid sin. That we need to avoid those things that can bring destruction to us and to those around us, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I, we understand that life will not be perfect. But Lord, it could be so different if we just do what you tell us to do. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that all you want is good for us. Help us to understand, O oh Lord, that your will, your ways is life for us. 
and that when we listen and when we obey and when we understand, Lord God, that so many great things can happen in our lives. And that not only are we blessed, but the people around us are blessed, Lord God. We bring blessing to everything and everyone around us when we follow you with all of our hearts. Help us, O Lord, to have that conviction to have that understanding, to have that faith, Lord God, that all of the answers are in you and you alone. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. I give you thanks for your love and for your goodness and for your kindness, O Lord, because you desire to transform our lives, to change our lives, to make us different, to make us new. Lord God, I give you thanks because truly only you are good. Heavenly Father, to you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. As always, please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is thelatterrain.org. We would love to hear from you. May God bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.